Hey, this is Mackenzie, founder and CEO of Math, and you're listening to the second season of the Math Podcast. Today, we're talking with Jared, the founder of Pinky Promise, a community platform for exploring, healing, and expressing your sexuality. They offer online courses and in-person events that sound like a lot of fun. Just a heads up too, uh, this episode gets sexually explicit, so if you need headphones, now is a good time to go ahead and get those, and I hope you enjoy the show. So Jared, can you introduce yourself and talk about Pinky Promise a little bit? Sure, thank you for having me firstly on the show. Um, so my name is Jared, and I am the founder of Pinky Promise, which is a community platform uh, helping audiences to kind of explore their sexuality in kind of playful, theatrical and informed ways. Um, and we launched it last year, uh, last February, uh, with one lovely event before the world went to pieces. Um, and since that event kind of launched, we have really kind of been focusing more of our attention on online content and creating opportunities uh, for our kind of community to continue exploring things around relationships, intimacy, aspects around healing and allyship, um, and as well as kink and have been doing that really in lockdown through online workshops uh, and now that the sun is shining and things are opening up we are returning back to be doing hopefully events and retreats and lovely sensual intimate experiences nice uh, and where are your events mostly happening is there one centralized place or i launched it in london where i was initially living um, and then I had a spontaneous visit to Berlin that from a week uh, became a year. So I'm been in Berlin for the past year uh, doing lots of events and festivals and, and running workshops um, here, yet we're still kind of doing them, expanding them back in London uh, and also in France and in Spain and yeah, kind of expanding it into different, different spheres in different countries. I'd love to talk about the uh, cultural differences as you start to go into these different spaces. Can you tell us a little bit about like, how, were there any moments where the approach to your event and how you talk about things had to be adapted to uh, a new kind of cultural context or something? Mm, that's such a great question. It's, um, it's interesting coming from England, being Berlin, where the English are very known to be very polite with people pleasers. Um, maybe not everyone you meet, but uh, definitely uh, the environments I find myself in, we're all great at celebrating each other and just being really supportive and nurturing. Uh, and perhaps moving to Berlin, which is renowned for its directness, the people being very direct, it's been um, really actually quite great to have offered, for example, I was talking with uh, someone talking about the different workshops uh, we run and the different experiences and you know thinking maybe i'm saying something quite profound in a way and they look at me they're like ah yeah that's cute you know <laughs> like been there did that you know 20 years ago you know what else have you got um and i love that it, it kind of shows me also a reflection of maybe what i i don't know everything i'm offering and everything i kind of you know reaching out to different facilitators to bring on board i'm always trying to make it kind of very current and and very much uh, reflective of people's experiences now um, and 
yeah, it's just always great to kind of recognize that uh, there's different people in different journeys, perhaps. Um, and I like kind of being confronted with that, just, you know, to always kind of make sure that whatever I'm offering is, is can be presented to, to different people, regardless of what part of their journey they're on in navigating and exploring this uh, terrain. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's territory uh, or, or more like an approach that we, we share is meeting people wherever they're at in their journey and being judgment free about it. I think a lot of the uh, sex positive spaces and extremely cutting edge um, discourse <laughs> around sexuality can be very intimidating and it can actually be very exclusive. Um, lots of code matching and like all that. So I, I welcome more voices like yours where you're welcoming everyone. And I think that's really critical, uh, especially right now and um, much needed. Yeah, much needed. Um, to back up a little bit, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, the origin story of Pinky Promise. Uh, how did that how did that get going? What what inspired the initial idea for you? Sure. So my background is a, an event producer. So I was running a, or still do, uh, run a production company that was putting on parties that was fusing uh, immersive performance, immersive theatre with aspects around kind of eroticism uh, and sensuality. So we usually took over kind of a big space. This was kind of was running this for about 10 years, a large space with lots of different rooms for people to explore and we'd have cabaret shows, a strip club in another room, um, uh, musicians and, and the performances and, and everything that was kind of matching this event was always kind of linked to people to kind of be expressive um, around desires and and I guess it wasn't, I never kind of called the event sex positive, I never kind of branded it so much as um, the intentions but allowed this kind of culture to kind of develop which was always kind of very kind of pushing boundaries and allowing people to be kind of free floating the catchphrase of the event was sing dance and get naked so there was a lot of kind of expression around nudity and playfulness uh, and a lot of the games i created uh fusing theater with with performance and games was you know we'd have a confession booth where you had to act out your dirtiest sins and a chicken coop that you would do some sensual play fighting in and um and this was something i was doing for 10 years but also finding i was kind of wanting to link it a bit more to my own um i guess desires and interests you know i was also very active like going to a lot of sex parties and play parties and either providing performers for them or working at them and was kind of wanting more my direction of interest and, and field of work to be linking more to um, going this direction. Um, and so the initial stage of Pinky Promise was initially going to be an immersive theatrical sex party uh, that I was going to be setting up with a few friends. Um, and then I kind of realised I wanted there to be a bit more perhaps depth and maybe I'm also a very heady person and, and love uh, indulging in hour-long discussions and and around examining my own patterns of behavior perhaps or having a teacher do that so I wanted that element there and I didn't want to just produce another party um so Pinky Promise really came about from my desire to still have that element around uh theater and performance to kind of evoke um feelings in, in an audience so people can feel as much of a spectator perhaps and be entertained um but also wanted this deep desire to kind of 
create a community of people that perhaps weren't so comfortable maybe going to a sex party but still wanted to be tipping their toes in you know into an environment that they could be understanding further things around the way they connect in relationships or how they can be um get better at giving head for example you know the workshops are very diverse uh, in that way and and still have that edge of exploration within a venue so there's always a lot of things going on in different rooms so yeah so that's kind of perhaps the intention I just wanted to do something more than just a party um and you know that the the for the form that it takes at the moment was ne- nothing that I ever started out for it to be it still had the kind of foundations of being a party with maybe just workshops and, and performance and it's kind of very much taken now more on an educational um tone and and you know kind of growing more that kind of component a lot more than the event side interesting well i imagine covid has a lot to do with that too um you know rooms rooms of bodies you know naked dancing like you said (laughs) hey this is Mackenzie, and i am so excited to tell you about math number 10 the art edition It features 192 pages of safe, sexy, and inclusive artwork and writing. It's going to be a very small print run, so make sure to grab yours now. Go to mathmagazine.com to shop. I'm curious uh, if you feel comfortable talking about your personal sexual journey and how it sounds like that influenced the the evolution of pinky promise and maybe inspired it a bit yeah for sure um, i i think it's very much part and parcel with my own journey has kind of led me to you know the the workshops i kind of reach out to whilst they might not be totally um relatable to my own experiences there's something that's kind of part of wanting people to kind of embrace more aspects around vulnerability around a lot of the work that we do and i think for me it was something i really struggled with um being a, a a ringmaster, you know, I was always this host or a ringmaster for these events. I, I I had a an ability to kind of perform confidence on stage and perform this um, aspect of oh, I must be shame free because I DJ naked, perhaps, perhaps, or you know, had wrapped up a lot of connotations I felt that existed around me, and and I would always struggle to therefore kind of make myself maybe more open to to maybe examining things that maybe I once wasn't so comfortable with because I was always kind of in my eyes being put on this pedestal of I must just be so confident, so comfortable with all these different environments and these bodies and beings all around me. But actually the journey that led to Pinky Promise was actually I carried a lot of shame, especially around my sexuality, especially around how to navigate these spaces um, as a cisgendered man that understood the kind of privilege and the... um, way of being in these spaces and never wanting to all come across as a predator but still having desires you know sexual desires and and kind of balancing this idea of wanting to be an ally and wanting to kind of be able to hold space for others and also wanting to know how to communicate you know a desire or an interest or um maybe something that i didn't feel so comfortable in expressing because i would maybe be rejected for example these are all these kind of questions that were kind of forming within me as in my own relationships in my own kind of way outside of events and I thought actually I need to now start showing up um if I want to do these events I need to kind of attach what I'm wanting to create to apply them to myself 
and not sit at the distance, which I've done in the past, which is like, oh, this, all this entertainment, these activities are for you guys, you know, for you, not for me, you know, I, I'm so sorted, you know, so it was very much needed to really address the fact. And I think, to be honest, it, this kind of process actually started in lockdown where I started organising uh, workshops. So when we had to postpone the the second event and I just started organising daily workshops for about four months, uh, we had a workshop every day from different facilitators from all over the world. I was having to kind of manage these and kind of be, I guess, a bit of a host. Um, and I realised, obviously, doing a workshop every day for four months was like a, a great form of therapy and an and understanding that I, I really was showing myself up not as a facilitator or an organiser but an active student equally asking questions or sharing my own experiences and this was the perfect opportunity for me to to address that so I think to kind of I don't know add a lot of words to that I think that my, my journey really with with Pinky Promise has been trying to become a lot more confident uh, and comfortable expressing myself as a kind of a sexual being that has sexual desires, that has insecurities, and to kind of create the opportunities for me to explore that and, and obviously others to kind of navigate that as well. That's beautiful. Wow. I think uh, more leaders should, 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 like, there, there's a power in, in being vulnerable as a leader. I think. And I would love to see more of that. And I, I find it very inspiring. Um, I think that's really great. <clears throat> um, and that a lot of what you just said resonates with me a lot, but this is not um, therapy for me right now. So we're gonna keep going. <laughs> I feel you though. I, I, I really do. Um, to switch gears just a little bit, I'd love to take this a little into a sexier uh, tone and would love to hear some of the hottest things you've ever seen uh, at a Pinky Promise event. Um, what are some of the really, uh, like I've heard stories, I similar to you, I'll be hosting a party. I'm busy making sure the dancers have water and they're not um, being harassed <laughs> and, uh, miss out on some of the action. And I'll later I'll hear like, Oh, somebody got fingered by the, the coat pile. And, uh, you know, it was great. <laughs> like, Oh, cool. Okay. Um, do you have any fun, uh, hot, uh, stories to, um, to, uh, to entertain our, our listeners today? <laughs> Titillating tales. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting when, when I was, Creating Pinky Promise and thinking about the event, wondering, okay, if, if it's not a sex party, but it's a sensual party, what does that evoke and what does that, what's allowed, you know? And I, I guess I initially set the intention for this event for it not to be, uh, for sex not to, ha to occur. I said, I want to create the, all the opportunities um, for people to explore with other bodies and other beings or themselves. Um, but we kindly ask, uh, to use, you know, we had like a kind of a playful room, a very kind of soft and uh, warmly lit, comforting space with some beds for people to kind of be really cosy and pampered and, and adored. Um, but initially, you know, I was saying this is kind of one of the rules. And I remember then hearing um, uh, afterwards, uh, it's definitely late at night when most people on the dance floor, as I was DJing, uh, a really beautiful couple apparently went in there when it was empty and um, one of them had a uh, 
a butt plug with the tail that they just kind of started like just seeing the corner, just checking, and they was just kind of like funneling and playing, and then uh, put the butt plug in, uh, and was just actually just lying there on the bed, uh, just like very casually just talking um, with the butt plug in, uh, letting other people kind of watch and, and adore and, and marvel that a tail is coming out uh, of the bum. So I mean, that, on the immediate note, that's kind of what comes to mind. I know there was a lot more like games, for example, that we had, which was. Um, I guess maybe for listeners less titillating for me so beautiful we had this UV room um, where uh, we got these this group in that uh, had this mechanism that was blowing bubbles but had UV paint um, in them and uh, at night time we had all these bubbles just kind of going and we were like playing with each other's bodies and it was a kind of way to kind of be painting each other's naked bodies with this UV paint um, wouldn't obviously then recommend which some people did then think oh yeah I'm gonna also be able to kind of kiss and lick the bodies and, and as soon as they did this beautiful act turned into something of disgust and then they had all this UV paint in their throat totally mood massive mood killer um <laughs> but uh but I mean I guess what we also had was um that was obviously the physical event we then were doing online parties as well um so I, we tried our foray into doing an online uh, event with the same uh, intentions of having plenty, lots of rooms to explore. And we had, I think, around 50 different artist collectives and groups coming together over like seven different rooms. And we created this uh, platform that you got to actually explore each different room by clicking on the map. And then we had secret rooms you could go in. And one of the rooms we had was... Uh, the, you know, hysterical literature, you know, when you're reading. Um, so we, we had one of the rooms that, you know, people are reading this uh, erotic literature and then someone's going down on them and then it's kind of seeing how long they would last on camera. Um, so that was wonderful. We also had a, a, a playroom as well where people were just kind of all performing, obviously, yeah, on webcam. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see anything, <laughs> really, because I was having to be like, <laughs> what is this all these different rooms all the technical mishaps from being able to kind of float in between a party to just being totally overwhelmed on webcam trying to fix all the broken zoom links it was definitely not uh it was a very enjoyable experience but one i don't wish to do again <laughs> This is Mackenzie here. Sorry for the interruption. Just want to share a quick message from our sponsor, Chatterbait. Come have some fun with us on Chatterbait with tip controlled toys, fun games, free and easy chat with no credit card required. It's never been easier to chat with cuties online today. Come sign up at chatterbait.com. Something that really stood out to me on your website uh, was this line that says, we believe it's important to develop a culture where we can express our sexuality and yet not feel sexualized. I, I'd love to hear more from you about that and how the communities you've worked with have uh, responded to that and you know, what kind of reactions have you gotten to that statement? I want the spaces that are created for people to feel so comfortable in being able to kind of navigate these spaces, but not necessarily feel that they're going to be because of what they're wearing or because that they're in this type of event, that they're up for it. 
for example. Um, and trying to kind of create these opportunities that people can, you know, communicate with others about a desire and not feel shame to do so, or also feeling as comfortable to be able to kind of reject the advancements. And I think there's nothing wrong to be sexualized. I don't feel there's something necessarily inherently wrong, like it, as long as it's the kind of person that is being sexualized is kind of asking to, to you, know, as, you know, as a performer, for example, we, we work with a strippers collective uh, called Berlin Strippers Collective. And, and this was a conversation I was having with one of them, which was, it's great to, you know, feel sexualized in my performance or in my act, um, or when I'm on stage or when I'm working, because that is part of the, the, the relationship I'm having with an audience. But as soon as I'm off stage and I'm in my own kind of space and I'm not wishing to kind of be expressing that anymore, I don't deserve to be sexualized in this way. I might still be wearing what I'm wearing, but uh, it's nothing, you know, it's not kind of, I'm not inviting this. So within the spaces that kind of I wish to create with Pinky Promise, it's the same with that, is that we are kind of wearing the clothes that we choose to wear. We're participating in the games and the performances and the workshops, but you know, to feel sexual within ourselves and to kind of tap into uh, perhaps a, an energy or something that is either repressed or wishes to be activated. But at no moment does that then mean that I'm then inviting someone to kind of sexualize me or see me as an object. I think this is really about how do you create safe environments for sexual expression and exploration? Um, there's so much work to be done <laughs> on so many levels that it makes sense that that's like a complicated question to answer. Um, what kind of reactions and questions have you gotten from community members uh, with this approach? So I think it's it's been really helpful for a lot of people who perhaps weren't connected to themselves sexually or never saw themselves as sexual, like sexual or feared to explore that side of them for fear of then being either judged or kind of put in a box or kind of used or kind of presumptions made about them. Um, and for many people that attended these workshops for the first time, having never gone to any other workshops before relating to like intimacy relationships, they found safety in a space that wasn't expecting anything from them other than able to kind of either contribute their own experiences, good and bad, or that they could be very open and saying, this is something very new to me. Uh, and I don't have, I'm not kind of putting myself, presenting myself as this person that's done all the work. Actually, I'm very early on this journey. Um, because that was also something for me. This was all very new for me to kind of be facilitate, like in these spaces that I'm actually talking about such topics. I know I've existed in spaces that was all very physical, but, you know, in play spaces, for example, but no, none of it really was intellectualized, perhaps. So the spaces I kind of wanted to create, which was always fostering a sense of safety, was you can be at any part of your journey and still be welcomed in here. And there's not going to be an expectation of you to either perform or to kind of feel you have to be really up for it or to be really sexual or to connect with others. You can just really be there by yourself um, and tune into your own flow, basically. I, I feel like there's this massive amount of healing happening uh, with with all of these spaces that are coming coming up and brands forming like yours and mine. <laughs> and it's really inspiring. Um, and I, I can't help but think of the sort of people who um, 
don't get it who don't get it so much that that you know <laughs> i'm thinking of this whole thing with only fans and more information coming out about the organizations and people behind um shutting down any kind of sexual content on the internet and using this excuse of protecting children to oppress the LGBT community and sex workers out of some sort of moral superiority, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in how can we, there's so much division. There's so much um, anger, which is appropriate. I think math's role is sort of how do we uh, touch a nerve, not a nerve, <laughs> you know, reach those people in a, in a very authentic, loving way to try to, to bring them over to our side. Um, I'm curious what kind of thoughts and feelings you have about a way forward that allows people like, like of those groups to maybe see, see the, see the, the, positive impact of, of all of this this is something that i've always been so aware of of creating in terms of the language that i'm using the imagery that i use especially on instagram and the way that the especially the workshops i'm, I'm programming the facilitators I, I reach out to there's always an understanding of how can i make sure that what i'm doing is as inclusive and as accessible for those that don't have the traditional means of being able to access such spaces because i think with regards to actually the work that I'm doing, I, 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 there's such more of a heavy focus on healing. Um, and that was the idea really about the workshops, which is let's not let's not kid ourselves and try and do a workshop and like, let's talk about the power of the orgasm. You know, there's so many people which are doing great work about celebrating sex and that's really great. But I feel for us actually, and for me, I was like, there's a lot of work we need to heal. And we finally got this opportunity, you know, I was over lockdown, it was, I was celibate. So, I mean, I wasn't with any, any lovers, any partners. And I was like, this is the first time I am have been not intimate with anyone now, get to kind of understand where, I guess there was a, like a cleansing aspect. And there was also a feeling of, wow, I'm so connected to my sexuality, always through the eyes of others, never to myself. And this is an opportunity to like realise what needs to, what patterns I need to work on and change moving forward. Um, but I'm not gonna try to kind of be like addressing these workshops by trying to, everything to be about celebration. Um, and I had a really co great conversation with someone that, you know, at the earliest foundations of Pink Promise who's a sex worker. And, and initially I was kind of using the term we're a sex positive organization promoting these values around exploration. And she was like, why use the term sex positive like a lot of people can get triggered by that term because a lot of people's connection to uh, sex is very negative um and she said actually i think it's something to be more aware of, of maybe moving away from the easier form of using buzzwords and, and tags to define your work and actually put in more work to address what are you trying to say um and that shifted everything for me because I realized I don't want anything that I do to kind of be seen to be only available to those that are polyamorous go to burning man have wild orgies and weekends and uh know all the lingo and have multiple lovers and partners actually it's for people you know for everyone I guess but I'm like really addressing those that uh, 
um, have felt maybe traditional spaces have not been tradition have these kind of spaces haven't been so either welcoming or accessible uh, financially you know this is a big thing also with the workshops everything was pay what you can afford um i didn't want it to be these monumental prices to attend a transformational workshop and you know which everyone charges their own rates but i've always been like i want this to be available to those that might not be able to get access to those facilitators for example who charge a lot more um and just get a tidbit of information for them for folks listening at home i'm nodding my head vigorously <laughs> i was just searching the phrase pinky promise and i'm curious about you know <laughs> this idea of the pinky promise being some kind of celibacy yeah celibacy until marriage um talk about it <laughs> it's really funny because if you type in Pinky Promise into into Google or also like on Instagram, wow, you get such a contrasting actual offering in terms of uh, there's one around finding celibacy in Christianity and like this kind of, I don't know, there's so many other organisations which are the opposite of actually what we're providing, but I love that we're listed next to them. I like the idea of you intercepting people who are looking into celibacy before marriage um that's kind of our approach a little bit too you know we kind of inter hope to intercept people who are maybe not exactly thinking about what we're doing at the moment but maybe it'll kind of but then you steer them away into uh your offerings and uh hey are you in touch with your sexuality <laughs> come this way <laughs> you know algebra but have you ever thought about pegging <laughs> <laughs> exactly but was it intentional or is it just a coincidence I'm going to break the, the expectation of where the name actually came from. Um, but I tie it into something very beautiful. It's uh, I, I love abstract words that people kind of create connotations to. And I realized sometimes I can be very literal with uh, the term, you know, like something that is applying to what's to be expected. And then maybe a disco, for example, you know, with the name. And with Pinky Promise, I feel it encapsulates something so pretty and cute and it's a promise and it's a vow and it's a vow to yourself you know that you're going to be you know doing the work and you're going to be you know haplessly hopeless on this journey hoping that you know there's going to be um a promise to yourself that, that things are going to be better um because the name actually originates from me being at a rave uh dancing uh at like five in the morning next to a sound system really sweaty in a dark club and these two people were talking totally out of their face talking next to each other really trying to communicate and couldn't really hear each other and I, my face was right by their mouths I could smell the beer and I'm just like wow this is such an interesting experience to be smelling two people's breath ignoring me entirely we're having this conversation and as they were trying to communicate all that then they settled on was this pinky promise they both put this pinky promise next to me, right in front of my face. And for me, I mean, you know, maybe it's just trying to turn a story into everything. But for me, this represented this ability of like, okay, they were struggling to kind of communicate, but what brought them together was this wondrous kind of promise towards something. I don't know, but for me, it was the same that I found, which was, you know, was, um, wherever I am on this kind of journey that I go through my own kind of struggle, my kind of core, root of what I, why I'm continuing, why I'm continuing challenging um, things that maybe I was comfortable with in the past, but really need to address now. Uh, it's this promise to myself that I wish to kind of do better and, and, you know, have more fun, have more, you know, exciting opportunities with others and myself. 
um, but also promising that I'll still kind of stay true to kind of perhaps who I am, you know, not try to get lost in anything. You know, I think there's certain people with certain offerings that, and this is definitely a tangent, uh, but there's certain like organisations that really promise this dramatic transformational shift from people to change exactly who they are and everything about them over a weekend or over a week. Uh, and for me, I'm like saying, actually, we're enough. You know, you're showing up really as you and you wish to better certain aspects about yourself. But I'm not asking you to change. I want you to promise that you'll still be you and, and you know, learn to be better and learn to be, you know, more explorative and playful. But please don't feel you need to change everything about you to participate in my space. That's an excellent tangent. That's a good, that's a great tangent. Um, great. Well, I'd love for you to just close this out with a quick kind of overview of what Pinky Promise has on offer and maybe um, anything you think listeners might want to uh, check out. So yeah, we with Pinky Promise, we launched it after the doing the live workshops via Zoom. Uh, we now turned it into a streaming platform. So I've commissioned um, lots of different facilitators and educators from around the world to uh, contribute video workshops on demand um, that people can kind of watch really at the pace that suits them. Uh, and we're constantly updating, adding more and more. Um, and really, yeah, turning Pinky Promise now more into kind of a members site as well. So members are able to kind of take part in, get access to all of these workshops, which explore intimacy, relationships, communication, kink, healing, and allyship. So yeah, and we also, in terms of offerings to uh, private clients, we, we work a lot with brands to do um, kind of content curation. So we do a lot of workshops for, for brands internally uh, and for their own kind of events. So that's been really great. Yeah, that's great. Keep the lights on, you know, that's beautiful. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Math Podcast. For more information about Pinky Promise, visit pinkypromiseland.co.uk. And you can find them on Instagram at pinkypromise.world. For more information about math, check out mathmagazine.com. You can find us on Instagram at mathmag.nyc or on Twitter at math underscore magazine. As a special thank you for tuning in, we have a promo code just for you, our podcast listeners. We're offering 20% off at mathmagazine.com. Use promo code mathpod2, where the two is the number. That's mathpod2 for 20% off in our online store. We're dropping a new episode of the math podcast every month. So be sure to check back here until then. Uh, keep it sexy. Thanks. Bye.